Welcome to today's episode of the What's in the Words podcast. I am AJ. And I'm Steve Canal. What's up, everybody? And we are back with our last podcast of 2020. What a year it's wow. been. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Um, and and this book, Steve and I, we've, we've kind of jostled with them a little bit because there's so much there. Uh, and we're really looking forward to getting into today's book um, and talking about where the world is today and how we got there. Steve, what's the name of today's book? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a banger to close out the year. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, to, to us, you know, taking a deep dive and just sharing our thoughts on this. But today's book is American Rule, How a Nation Conquered the World but failed its people by Jared Yates Sexton. All right, let's let's dive in. So right now, politically in America and even across the world, there are a lot of people in political leadership positions and they're leveraging the things that we were supposed to move past as Americans. Um, that is racism, it's sexism, it is patriarchy. It is the house on the hill, the theory of the house on the hill. It is, you know, things that were built into the fabric of America. Things that are at their core divisive. Um, that you would think that, you know, by 2020, this would be something that we've moved past, but it keeps coming up over and over. And in this book, Jared Yates Sexton uncovers a lot of how we got here in America and around the world based on, you know, historical decisions that were made in the past. Uh, and he does a bang up job of, of breaking everything down. And we're going to keep it high level. We may dig a little bit. Um, but Steve, I want you to kind of open it up and talk about some of the first things that jumped out to you uh, in this book, American Rule. Yeah. And just for a little background and context on Gates, you know, for, for those who don't know, he's, you know, he's a writer and political analyst. So his views um, come from, from that background. Uh, and in this book, he takes us on a journey through the history of the United States, which, you know, for, for many of us don't start until, you know, World War I, World War II, um, just through our history classes in school. Uh, and it's really interesting because he takes us from the nation's, you know, the, the beginning, the birth, uh, to the 21st century. Um, and along the way, he examines and tries to debunk the American myths we all, you know, we've always told ourselves, which, um, you know, you can say come from, you know, one perspective or one view. When you think of those myths, um, some believe it, some don't. Uh, from the birth of our nation, uh, Americans in power have consistently abused and, and this is my point, AJ. So this is one of the, fir the first things I just want to bring to light is when you think of American history, um, I think of, of, of Americans in power and going back to what I just said of how consistently throughout they've abused and subjugated others, you know, enabling that, you know, the corruption that goes on, um, and some think it's a myth, so some don't think it, it, it exists, you know, myths of American exceptionalism and, you know, and, and certain values, which 
are fed to the public and, and repeated across generations uh, from the beginning to the middle, you know, the beginning, meaning the beginning of our country to the, you know, middle of, of, of our era right now to now, it's been consistent, um, ranging from revolutionary times of Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, you know, up through today with Donald Trump's America. Uh, there's several themes that I think Sexton returns to again and again, uh, such as that myth um, of American exceptionalism and how American um, constitution allows for the wealthy, the money hungry elites to use the government to, to, to protect and expand their wealth at the expense of the everyday citizen. And it's supposed to, which is supposed to support and defend us, right? And how a combination of, you know, use of religion, you know, white supremacy, uh, wealthy, uh, wealthy backers, <laughs> you know, when you think of government today, you know, how, you know, wealthy just throw millions and millions of dollars towards campaigns um, and trying to, you know, uh, lower the voice of people. Um, has poisoned the American political and government governmental process. And that's what I've seen throughout, you know, no matter where you look, what you do, it's been a consistent theme from the beginning to now. And we see it more now than ever. I don't wanna say ever, but we see it now more because we're living in it. <laughs> There's no denial. Like you can say like, hey, you know, this was done in, the early 1900s or the 1940s or 1980s. I'm a, I'm an adult. I am 40 years old and I can clearly see how it's being taken advantage of every single day um, throughout, you know, this, this current presidency. And, and I'm not saying, you know, this isn't from a, a political view. I'm not coming at this as a Democrat. I'm not coming at this as a Republican. I'm coming at this as a human being and what I see, right? And that's what that's what this is about. So this isn't me bashing These a president. Is not it is not me talking about this person or that person. These are facts. This person takes advantage of the system and over and over and over and over and over again throughout the course of last four years. And I've seen how it was taken advantage of from family to businesses to whatever you want to throw out there. So it was pretty interesting how consistently through the years, Jared brings this to light. Or what was the first thing that stood out to you? Because that was what stood out to me. <laughs> I think, no, I, that's, that's absolutely uh, spot on. One of the first things that jumped out to me was the story. Um, and, and you hear bits and pieces of it, but the story of American exceptionalism um, and it's the myth of it. And I took some notes here and I wanna just read directly from my notes. It's the myth, the American myth that America was ordained by a patriarchal God to carry out his will. And, and when you do things like that, you create a mythological, almost a untouchable sort of a deity type thinking. Mm -hmm. In other words, if America wants to do something then it must be God's will. It's America's job to liberate people. It's America's that's so, job. And, and, that's so, and that's so dangerous. That's dangerous. That is that's so dangerous. dangerous. Mm -hmm. And 
sorry about that. I just drank some water. But um, but yeah, but when you do that, then the people who buy into that ideology, they feel like you can be the champion of the universe. In other words, it legitimizes everything that you do. So for example, the Americans or <laughs> come to America, the Native Americans are killed. They're given diseases, they're displaced, they're tricked and fooled. Um, but if you spoke out against it, you're a communist <laughs> because right. it's, the, it's the will of God. Um, America has enslaved not only black people, but people all over the world. Um, and if you, if you speak out against it, you're a communist. Even now, people you know, hold Martin Luther King up as, as like, oh, if you guys would just be like Martin Luther King and just broke in, you know, but in Martin Luther King's day, he was called a communist and he was killed because he spoke out against America and every other person that spoke out against America. So when you create a narrative that whatever America does is ordained by God and that becomes the myth that you buy into um, as the ruling class figurative, I mean, finger quote, ruling class buys into, then it just legitimizes exploitation, slavery, war, anything that you do. And that is the beginning of how we got to where we are. Because if you say anything against whatever the finger quote ruling class says, they're gonna call you a communist, they're gonna call you a socialist, and they're going to fight against what you're saying because they look at what you're saying as against the will of God. And that's how we have evangelicals supporting a man like Donald Trump. So um, that, was a, that was the first thing that jumped out is, is America did a great job with creating a narrative and the story that the fundamentalists buy into. Um, and that's been the story that's been passed down for generation to generation to generation. And every generation buys into it at a different level. But what Trump has done is he's resurrected it all the way back down to the core of just pure- Almost tribal. I don't like this person because they're black. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like the simplest form, right? It's the most common fundamental, um, backwards thinking um, that was prevalent in the all the way up until the 60s has reared, reared its ugly head again right now. So um, um, I know I kind of went, <laughs> went into no, all on that. No, nah, and, and, that's, and that's super real. But uh, one thing that I want to highlight um, based off of both of our points is that even with that, and people still make greatness out of all of it. Mm -hmm. Right. When you think about underserved communities, when you think of, when you think about, you know, how women are treated, when you think about, um, you know, uh, just everything that people had to, 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 to deal with from the March on Selma, you know, to, you know, Frederick Douglass um, and his fearless, fearless turn as America's conscious, you know, Throughout all that struggle, we still are able to have the ability to continue to strive, continue to dream, and continue to, to survive in a system designed every day to hinder that at every turn. And it's inspiring, but at the same time, going back to what you were saying with using you know, God as a reason, a weapon. <laughs> a weapon. It's dangerous for people who don't understand. Mm -hmm. For people who feel as if, 
well, this person made it, so why can't you? Right? Like, what's your what's your what's your purpose and reason of of not being able to achieve and succeed at life? Yes, I agree that we all have it have greatness within us, but sometimes it's just too many things are stacked up against you, and it's hard to get up out of that 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 you know the dirt that's that's that you've been buried under. You know, um, the mud, the quicksand, um, to get yourself out of it because it's a system that's set up for you not to succeed, and 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 it's place to hinder you to want to try to to, to achieve. Um, so, I thought that you know, I think he did a great job at highlighting um, those that are in those positions and you know their story behind it but i wish he would have taken the time to highlight some of the people who i guess you know that were the oppressed mm -hmm. that fought back or put plans together you know um like james baldwin's critique of whiteness you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to, to touch on, you know, John Brown, you know, and he, he dibbles and dabs on the people we know in history, like Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman and W.E.B. Du Bois. Mm -hmm. Like he'll share little tidbits and give you a sentence of them, but he didn't really go deep into, you know, the, the Mary Bowser, you know, a black woman who spied for the union. Like he didn't go into those stories. You know what I'm saying? He just talked mm -hmm. about those who oppressed. Uh, I mean, those who were the oppressor, you know, and, and I wish he would have gave a little bit more of that in his story to show the resilience and show the fight. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's the one thing that, you know, in reading this, you feel all the emotions of um, understanding how we got here and you know the people that we look at historically as heroes um, in the history books Abraham Lincoln um, and he you know he unpacks why the decision that he made wasn't necessarily because he wanted the slaves freed it was just um, that it looked bad around the, the rest of the world at the time um, mm -hmm. and and it looked bad because things started being more public like you know killing people um, publicly, um, and when you even even all the way up to to Ronald Reagan and and some of the decisions that he made, they were never for uh, the minority, um, for example. But it was just politically expedient to make some of the right decisions, um, or at least partially right decisions. So you're absolutely right. It's it's more the story of the oppressor uh, versus the story of the res resilience of the oppressed. Um, so I would yeah. like to see see that um, discussed. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, one other, you know, going back to what we were saying about uh, the America's spiritual connection um, mm -hmm. and white America's spiritual con connection to the American myth, for, you know, and he tries to, dis you know, disrupt an, an emotional truth with just data, you know, and I wish he, he took the time to humanize those points. Uh, because again, it's, it's dangerous when you have somebody who's in an administration who everybody knows just 
throughout his administration has told thousands of lies, just in your face, just bold lies. And when people believe in a system and believe in something and believe that it's God that, that's put us in this position and, you know, this person is using that as a weapon and whatever he says, people just purely believe off rip mm -hmm. without doing any fact checking and look at you and think you're crazy. So I think he could have done a, a better job at humanizing that um, to debunk a lot more. And that's where I say like, he should have told the story of the oppressed a little bit more. He should have tried to debunk or disrupt you know, some of the myths and, and lies that, you know, the current administration tells by not just data, but by humanizing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Instead of just reciting, reciting data points. Um, and, you know, it was, this, this book was really interesting. Um, you know, like I, I, like I told you before we got on, you know, pre, you know, World War II era and all that, you know, outside of talking about slavery, um, just American history, which, you know, that's not included in books anyway now. So we have to do it ourselves. Correct. Um, prior to that, it, it's tough, I, I would think, for a majority of Americans to grasp mm -hmm. um, what is being spoken of because we don't really touch on our history until about, first thing we talk about is wars in this country. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I think the idea um, of the realities that he's constructed and the stories that he built, I thought were really cool. I thought it was great to bring to life. Um, and I, you know, there's an appreciation there for that mm -hmm. because not many people. We'll, we'll, we'll take a stand to review on certain things and bring it to light as, as he did. So I appreciated that, but I just wish he would have humanized it a little bit more. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, when you look at Germany um, and, you know, Germany fessed up to the Holocaust um, mm -hmm. and they, you know, they admitted their role. Um, they have done everything, to, not everything, but they've done a lot um, to sort of right the wrongs um, with with their part in reparations and and they publicly removed anything about Hitler from Germany uh, and then he he ties that to America and that yeah. America, picture that <laughs> yeah America is still to this day fighting to keep up Confederate Confederate monuments and flags and to keep that as a part of that historical myth that it was built on so I think you know. Um, that's the one part that I think he does a job, a good job of trying to bring that to light. Um, but again, I think that, you know, if, and, if and, you just, and, yeah. And I think just by saying that, that opens a lane for criticism Correct. because people are, oh, you're comparing us to Germany and the guy horrible Germany is like the Holocaust compared to what was done in I'm not even gonna get deep into it because sure. you know, that, that's for people to view and criticize sure. and that's a whole other conversation. But for what has happened in this country um, from slavery, you know, the middle passage to today, America has never, you know, apologized and tried to do right by it. 
because by doing by doing right by it is is similar to what Germany did. Like you're not gonna find Hitler. Why do we why do we still see slave name slave owner names and you know statues and things that take you back to that? You know, so I don't think America has ever looked themselves in the mirror. Um, because I believe that's what people feel makes America great, right? When you say make America great again, it's, you know, everything that it encompasses encompasses and embodies um, that people feel are part of the DNA of America and shouldn't be forgotten or eliminated when a good percentage of this country that isn't something good or something that, you know, positive, you know, like, why do I want to be reminded that this is what this country was built off of, mm-hmm. you know, make that shit right. Like make it right. Exactly. Make it right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all that that's ever been, that has ever been asked is make it right because by making it right, um, fixes a lot of issues that this country has, um, from underserved communities and, um, school systems and opportunities and uh, oppression, um, you know, all that is systematic and it's a part of the fabric of what America is today and what it was and continues to be. So until, you know, America looks itself in the mirror to, to, to right a wrong, um, people are always gonna feel as if they can have their opinion that those were the good old days you know, and, and that's where our family got our riches from. Why would we want to give that up? So um, I know we kind of, like you said, went down a rabbit hole. No, but that's, that's, that's true. It's what it brings out. It's what the bring, the <laughs> that's what the book brings out. Exactly. Because there are conversations that are glazed over. Um, and those are typically the conversations that need to rise to the surface, um, especially as it relates to minorities um, and people of color in America, women, um, and the again, it goes back to that myth of, um, you know, I, I made it, why can't you? You said that in the right. opening, right? <laughs> so, right. Um, but, but all in all, I think the book is a, it's a, it's, a re, it's a good read if you want to understand how we got here from a perspective of the ruling class of each generation uh, and the decisions that they made that got us here. Um, I would, again, I would like to, have a conversation with him to understand what are some of the other things that he learned from you know the the working class or the class of the oppressed while he was doing the research because he had to uncover a lot um, just to be able to bring this much to the to the light. Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge wake. The American rule tries to be a wake up call. Yes, for That's the those who are sleep, those who are asleep or delusional. Um, and it's a re-examination of our history and and where we come from and who we are today and that's that's it (laughs) you know so Um, the big decisions that that impacted you know America Um, so I think if you're interested in something like that just learning historical context this would be a good read for you Um, you probably have to go through it a couple times (laughs) to understand all of it um, but yeah, oh, that's, that's pretty much I got. Steve, what, you got anything else, brother? It's a good read and something I definitely think that we should tap into. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, Steve, where can they find you, bro? 
You can find me uh, on social media, uh, definitely on Instagram at Steve Canal. Um, I'm there. I'm live, sharing insight and information. Uh, here to support your dreams and, and provide access. How about yourself, AJ? Absolutely. If you want to find me, find me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. I am at AJ Joiner. That's A J J O I N E R. Um, and if you are interested in writing and publishing a book, just go to AJ's free book. That's AJ's F-R-E-E book, ajsfreebook.com. And I will send the blueprint for writing a book to your door. All right. Well, um, this brings us again to the last episode of 2020. Uh, if you guys definitely want you to go read, listen to this, I'm sorry, listen to this, leave us a five-star review. Uh, reach out to us, send us a screenshot of you listening. Uh, we'd love to, to hear your feedback and repost your own social media. Anything so else, Steve? time. Happy right. New Year. Happy, Happy holidays. Year. Happy holidays. Peace. Peace.